Okay, I'm recording on my end. Uh, I think it's fine. Do the one-two clap. One, two. There we go. Now, one more time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) One, two. You son of a bitch. All right, we'll just just not do that. (laughs) Uh, Everybody, welcome back to the sample hour. Back from the dead. Uh, it wasn't really dead, man. I just was busy and I didn't, I was tired of recording in a closet. You know, once I got my own space again, like, as you can tell, like, this is the space to sample I would go and I still have like all this shit behind me. I need to like sort through and stuff. I need to get a good background. Uh, so people that are listening have no idea what I'm talking about, but recently I, uh, just moved to a new house and I got all my old toys from when I was a kid. And I don't want to just throw them out because I think they're worth some money. So I'm going to at least see if I can make some money off them. But also my brothers and I need to sort through them. And they're, uh, you know, we're all, I don't don't know, man. It's tough to go through like old shit. So we're all kind of, you know, because we're poor. So we're all borderline hoarders. Um. (laughs) This is the worst introduction to a podcast I think I've ever been party to. That's good. That's good. That's what I wanted. But I I want to call this. This is. I think whenever you come on the show, we'll just call it Live Free FM. Because I know I used to be a co-host with you, and um, I feel like the world needs voices like we had back then. Even though now I I don't think we not I don't think we I don't think that's that we don't like think the same way. But it's just like we're just more mature in how we express our opinions, if that makes sense. So Live Free FM was a podcast that I used to do. I'm Nathan Frazier, by the way. Oh, shit. (laughs) Didn't I say this is Nathan Frazier? Maybe. Uh, I used to do a podcast way back in the day called Live Free FM, and it was all about... That's how I found you. That's why we became friends. That is why. Well, you heard me on the nazi red ice creations radio show i think i did and uh you saved me from becoming a free man (laughs) i was on that we were all on that path we were listening to free man bert and on jan Irvin's show and uh which i you know i haven't did he get banned from facebook i haven't heard from good old jan in a while uh jan i think is still on facebook must be because he's compromised he's a yeah fed. he's he's cia agent he's a cia um, for your requests yeah uh i don't think red ice is on youtube or anywhere anymore maybe bit shoot now yeah yeah that was um, heinrich was that was kind of weird dude i mean like i we were talking earlier we were all just you know freedom loving anarchists uh in the libertarian community community and we would have conversations about anarcho-capitalism versus anarcho-capitalism, and neither of us really identified with either. Um, wait, wait, wait. Anarcho-capitalism versus anarcho-capitalism? Communism. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. I haven't smoked any weed yet today. Excuse me. I haven't used cannabis today. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, but no, I, I, you know, man, it, we would have these conversations and then you know we we liked the term anarchist i think all of our friends did and then you know donald trump got elected 
and those Antifa assholes ruined it for all of us. So we were talking before the call about culture war and SJWs and how all of that stuff kind of started in the libertarian anarchist community. That's where the divide initially kind of started. I think it was it was gaining traction there at the same time that it was gaining traction in like Gamergate. Gamergate might have come a little bit afterwards, but that was kind of where the and inside of that, I remember some of the people because I had done a, uh, an episode of Red Ice Creations when they were a fairly large podcast, and it was right before they started going down the like um, racial identity route and inside of the inside of the libertarian anarchist kind of community we also saw that we saw like uh chris cantwell and some of the other guys start being like um richard spencer-esque and then we also saw like the left-wing identity politics start kicking up and that's kind of when i just kind of checked out and that's kind of when live free fm kind of came to a a standstill because I was just like, I don't want to be part of this community anymore. Yeah. I mean, we used to just talk. I mean, I remember we did some fun episodes on conspiracy theories. Um, the one was what was, it was time travel, right? Remember we were like, and I had never even heard of this stuff. Who's the guy who supposedly said, Oh, I'm from the future. I'm from the future. And, and then he, John Teeter. Yeah. John Teeter. I'd never even heard of him. And uh, and I was like, sure, let's talk about this douchebag. <laughs> and like, you know, I don't. I mean, I like I like a good conspiracy theory, but you know, my friend Dutch kind of says it best: is like, you know, there's no need to really get into these big conspiracies if you just pay attention to what the government actually does. I mean, now things are so now it's but now it's like everybody's kind of aware of it, and then. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, became this mainstream meme. So it's like, well, you know, he's probably still alive then if everybody's talking about it. It's like controlled information is such a big thing. Um, so, I, I mean, but I don't I don't really know. I'll be the first to say I don't know, but I like to entertain certain things. But, you know, it's way more fun to just, uh, I don't know. It's just way more fun to just actually make a real impact and business world and your community and work for yourself and i think that was like the best way to i think that we both found to kind of express ourselves versus just talking about how shitty the government is or about tyranny and all that other stuff yeah but the government still is shitty well yeah it's definitely shitty i mean like i i don't think that's the weird thing it's like my you know i was talking to my mom earlier and she's like well, maybe it's going to get better now that Trump's out of the way. And it was like, why? So we can go and invade more countries now that Trump's out of the way? I mean, not that we weren't still drone striking a bunch of people. When I say we, I mean, you know, the United States. Um, so, I mean, sure, we could say Trump didn't get us involved in any more wars. And, he, and honestly, man, I mean, one guy trying to go against the system and the complex is quite a daunting feat. Um, but you know, which kind of leads us to why we kind of want to do this show is just because there's, I, I feel like, um, with these lockdowns and everything, I feel like everybody feels the way 
I did when I first learned about 9-11. And then when I first started looking into the Federal Reserve. And then I first started looking into all this shit. And it's like so many people have been pushed to the fringes. And it's like we've been on the fringes most of our lives. So for us, it's it's we've already been accused of being crackpots. We already our family already knows we're at. And it's like, oh, but he's really successful. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, (laughs) he might have these opinions, but man, Drew's got this crazy farm. He told me about, oh, he's going to make money with microgreens. I didn't even know what they were. I mean, my family thought I was pretty crazy when I didn't want to go get another telecom job and try to make six figures a year. But, man, I see the people I got laid off with, and they're still chasing the money that – I mean, I just knew there was never going to be an easy job like that again. It was like I'm going to have to work really hard to make that kind of money again in sales. So probably makes more sense for me to just start my own business and work really hard and own everything and then have that freedom and then have it all on me. And um, so I I think, you know, that was my idea of that. But, you know, but now it's like uh, it's it's just so weird. Like my parents, my now it's like the the mainstream conspiracy theories of like Russiagate and all this other shit. And then they're like, yeah, you just sound like a QAnon or it's like, no, they sound just as ridiculous as you. And now (laughs) and now we're like in this whole new level. And now it's like this non-QAnon conspiracy. Should we talk about this Nasera thing? I think we should talk about it. I want to I wanna talk to you about it because we're hearing about this. And we're wait, wait, wait. Before we jump okay, into I'm sorry, it, let's, let's, let's kind of step let's, back sorry, just a little uh, bit. Thank you. That's why I have you on the show. You're a way better podcaster than me. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um I want to step back a little bit and just talk about how we got to this point in the first place, because when me and you first connected, this was what, almost 10 years ago now. Yeah, this was, was in 2000. This was 2013. Yeah, when we first connected. So it was eight years ago. OK, so at that time, mainstream media still had like a pretty, a pretty, uh, a pretty tight iron grip on the minds of most people. And. Alex Jones and Red Ice Creations and Live Free FM, those were just like 2% of the population that was kind of looking for information outside of the mainstream. And I think that leading up to 2016, up to the election, the, the like 2015, 2016, a lot of people started losing trust in the media and started looking for alternative media and YouTube started blowing up for that podcasts started blowing up for that. And I don't think Donald Trump caused it. I think Donald Trump was probably a reaction to it. I think he was a, he was a symptom of it. Yeah. Do you remember we were talking like Donald Trump was like this amalgamation of these outside quote unquote, right wing voices. So Pat Buchanan, he had some Pat Buchanan in him with let's build a wall he had some ron paul parts to him he had like he had a lot of different parts to him that was like these different kind like he had some ross perot to him you know what i mean and it um reason magazine actually reason had a good video about it before it came out like he's just kind of put together his platform is just all this stuff that not one of these people had together but all these people and their supporters were getting behind him 
Um, and that's why, like, Pat Buchanan would be on the McLaughlin group. Um, you know, rest in peace, John McLaughlin, and rest in peace, the McLaughlin group, because that show sucks now. Um, but he would be on, and he'd always be, well, Trump's a real thing. And then you'd have, I don't know if you ever watched that show, but I love that show because I saw, like, the Dana Carvey Saturday Night Live thing. And when Dana Carvey would just say, wrong, wrong. And I was like, who is this guy? And they're like, oh, that's John McLaughlin. That's really kind of shit he did. And I was like, oh, I got to check this dude out. So I'd watch that because we didn't have cable. So I watched that in high school. Like I watched, I took some time off in college and I started watching it again as an adult. So like, and that was kind of like a pretty, they would have like two conservatives and two liberals so far like people from the left two people from the left two people from the right you can't really use those terms anymore since we're considered conservatives now and um but like that was like discourse there was actually discourse and usually the two people on the left didn't totally agree and the two people on the right didn't totally agree and so it was like a really good show but now uh, you know it's just become so polarizing and 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 that and, and everything polarized to donald trump and then the left was just anti-Donald Trump, but they weren't really pro-Hillary Clinton. And they're definitely not pro-Joe Biden. So this is so confusing to me. Well, and I think that a lot of a lot of what we've been watching happen over the last couple of years, the last four years or so, is mainstream media, corporate media is kind of panicking because they realize that they've lost half of the country. And so rather than try and win them back, they're just, they're like, let's just demonize them and, and hope they all get stuck in Guantanamo Bay <laughs> and, uh, yeah. oh, and silence them. They think that the solution is to just cut off all of the media that those people are listening to. And I say those people because I'm not really, uh, a lot of, I'll admit I had, I voted for Trump in the last election. I didn't vote for him the first time, but I did the second time. When was the last time you even voted before that? I've never voted for a presidential candidate. So that was before. the first time you ever voted. Yeah. That's insane. I, yeah. I you remember how do you remember when I told because I didn't vote mainly because of you. Because like, you know, I was I was this libertarian. I was this annoying a libertarian guy that just wanted to criticize both sides, but not really do shit just to be different, which is most libertarians. I mean, come on. The Libertarian Party is such a fucking joke. Like, oh, I voted for JoJo because, you know, listen, I just didn't want, you know, I then I don't have any, you know, then my hands are clean, you know, because JoJo. It's like, fuck you, dude. Like, it was kind of choosing. Like, I've never felt like it was. I really felt like for the first time ever that there's a candidate that was out there that was actually trying to legislate things that would directly try to hurt me. And like, even like now with Joe Biden, when he's talking about, I'm only going to help businesses, small businesses, if you're not a white man. And I'm like, thanks, Joe. I really appreciate that, man. Like, that's awesome to hear unity. That sounds like unity to me. Like we're going to help all small businesses as long as you're minority owned. <laughs> yeah that's uh that's kind of where like it, it sucks because and that's not the, the more only fringe, reason you know what i mean keep huh I, and that's not the only reason i i didn't like joe biden but keep going i'm sorry no no it, it sucks because the more minority fringe right-wing uh white genocide type people 
Yeah. They wouldn't have a very attractive message if it wasn't for these racial politics of the left. If it wasn't for people like Joe Biden saying stuff like, uh, I'm going to help anybody who's not a white male business owner or uh, Bernie Sanders saying stuff like, if you're white, you don't know what it's like to be poor. If it wasn't for these types of things, the the more fringe Richard Spencer, Christopher Cantwell type people on the far right, they wouldn't have any traction. Nobody would pay attention to what they're saying. So it to me, it's kind of like... Uh, it's pandering maybe maybe they're deliberately trying to cause conflict i keep wondering i I keep looking at all of this stuff and i honestly can't figure out if they're just too dumb to realize what they're doing or if they're intentionally trying to i mean they keep talking about donald trump is divisive and the trump people are divisive and i'll give that to him i think trump says a lot of stuff that just make me roll my eyes and and has a lot of positions that I just don't get behind. And, and I am like, yeah, that's very divisive. Maybe Trump's just playing his role, but man, the, the white versus black, the male versus female, it's so prominent on the other side that, and, and then the media too. I mean, the, the whole media now has become identity politics and it's always one-sided. It's always, we switched out a white character for a person of color character, or we switched out a male and now it's a female and the identity politics in, in Hollywood and uh, mainstream news and all over the left. It's so in your face. It's like they're wanting to push people away you know, and that's what happened to me. I was a hardcore leftist most of my life, went through a few years of being a very libertarian center of the road person. And now I feel like the left has just pushed me away, not to being a conservative, but to the point where I'll never go back and hold hands with the left again. Yeah, like it's just we've been otherized. And then also if you look at um, the Marxist playbook, I mean, that's just in their playbook, divide and conquer. So, you know, we have an age, we have a, we have generation wars, we have gender wars, we have race wars, we have, I mean, it's, 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 it's just, so, it's, it's everything. And, and that's, and it's by design. I mean, it's definitely by design. And like, it's even like, my mom is just like you and your CCP conspiracy theories. I'm like, mom. The mainstream media doesn't report on it because they take money from corporations that take a lot of money from the CCP. So, for example, CNN is owned by AT&T. AT&T is deep in bed with China due to 5G. And like I worked at a telecommunications company. I know how evil it is. I was one of those dudes in a mall that tried to that that very well could have that convinced a lot of people that it was appropriate for their children to have cell phones why because i wanted to make money and i thought that was awesome oh man i'm so great blah 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 because i was fucking in my 20s and was poor as a kid and was like wow i can make 60 grand a year which isn't that much money but when you're 23 um it was a good amount of money to me who you know, I never made more than, you know, $12 an hour back th back then. You know what I mean? So it was like when I when I I do feel I feel very guilty, Nathan, about the, the dirty things that I did in telecom. But then also, man, like 
telecommunications is a cutthroat business. I mean, it's like, what have you done for me lately? They're always trying to grow revenue and 5G is the way to grow revenue. It's get you, get you your devices in. And so I, I think it's like, you know, AT&T is heavily invested in 5G with Chinese technology. And then Trump comes in and says, no, China's a problem. China's coming in. China's, China's actively investing money in our, in our education institutions, in our corporations. Look at Walmart, man. You can't go to Walmart and buy. I mean, look, I, I do. I buy shit from China all the time. And I'm saying this and I and like, dude, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this because it makes my life better, even though it's probably made by unfit, you know, conditions. And we can try to justify it and do all this shit. But it's just a reality that people have to come to grips with that, you know, in an idea world, like I'm trying to. And my mom is a person, too. That's like she tries to buy American as much as possible. You know what I mean? And even then, like I used to shit on that all the time. It's like, well. You're saying, oh, it's an American-owned car. Well, you know, all Hondas and Acuras are made in Ohio. And now Hondas, like, their headquarters are in Ohio. So I think, like, that stuff moves. And sorry, Nathan, I'm doing my classic Drew sample all over the place trying to rope it back in. But you can uh, definitely chip in here and make this sound more intelligent. But I think that uh, it's not just the telecommunications and you kind of – you, you covered a kind of a broad swath of topics there, but it is true. Uh, a lot of businesses, I mean, I'm a bit, I'm a business owner and if I'm, if I can cut expenses, I'm going to cut expenses. And a lot of businesses have cut expenses by moving their production over to China specifically because China doesn't have to jump through the same regulatory hoops that we do. They don't have to pay all the same, uh, regulatory fees and avoid all of the pollution problems that they we, don't that care we about to. climate change even though them in india are the biggest polluters in the world yeah but the thing is is that because they don't have the same strict rules it's cheaper to outsource the production there it's cheaper to buy the buy the materials here send it overseas have it manufactured there and then send it all the way back here it's cheaper to do it that way and since I do you remember that movie with I think Michael Keaton called Mr. Mom? That's a long time ago. I barely remember it, but I love Michael Keaton. I'll need to rewatch it. So the whole concept was he worked at an auto manufacturer and they shut down and shipped overseas, I think to Japan. And he ended up having to be the stay at home dad. Uh, that's why it was called Mr. Mom. But this has been something that's been going on since. 70s 80s 40 years now of our politicians writing laws that make it cheaper to do business overseas 40 years now of our big corporations shipping jobs overseas 40 years now of the mainstream media which i mean the whether you believe it's a conspiracy theory or not the mainstream media is not going to report stories that are going to hurt the bottom line of their advertisers especially when they were dying before donald trump got into office like they were they were suffering in the ratings now if you look at who their advertisers are they're just drug companies mm-hmm. um so i mean there's, there's it's more than that but most of it's drug companies 
Drug uh, companies and auto companies, I think, take up like 80% of mainstream advertising dollars right now. And I just want to say, like, my dad, you know, he retired from an automobile manufacturer. Like, he is a member. He was a member of the UAW. He gets his pension through that. Like, that paid a lot of bills for me as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to bite the hand that feeds me. I'm just trying to, like, I know about this. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I know about this stuff. I remember when my dad's wages got locked he could never make any more money because jeep was just jeep was like the super profitable company and then they sold to daimler and then daimler pretty much fucked the company financially and then they got bought out by fiat in 2008 i remember my dad was laid off work and it was like i mean it's still scary man like i talked to my dad like hey man you, you don't you don't really know if your retirement's gonna be there but before you know what i mean like there's there's a lot of things. I mean, like the the way our economy is designed with just constant growth is it's not I don't think it's really sustainable. Yeah, I, I think we're going to run into some problems. And I think that just I mean, dude, I don't I've never bought a new car. You know me. I buy thousand dollar Ford Focuses because they're cheap to fix. and There's plenty of parts in a junkyard. So like <laughs> I'm, I'm not you know, I'm not. Some, but. They did their best too, and when you look at like 2008, they did their best to destroy the used car market with cash for clunkers and all this other stuff. I mean, there's there were so many things that destroyed micro economies, and and um. Anyways, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get too I'm gonna get too I'm gonna get I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking. Let you chip in and not make me so you can you know. So just to tie up the thought, <laughs> yeah, we saw when coronavirus hit. And a bunch of the uh, medicine shelves at your local pharmacy got wiped out and couldn't be refilled for months at a time. And it was because I don't think we manufacture almost any of our medicine in this country anymore. I think it's all done in China. Most of our audio industry is in China. And since the pharmaceutical companies and the auto companies, since they run 70 80 percent of the advertisements on the evening news and their business is heavily dependent on the model of exporting and importing from china they're not gonna they're not gonna be happy if the news starts talking crap about china trump comes in starts talking crap about china and i think that more than anything the control and the finances are what the the news really had a problem with trump about and then they they can't just come out and be like, well, he's threatening the bottom line of our advertisers, so they have to they have to paint it as, oh, he's a racist, oh, he pours too much fish food in the fish pond, oh, he does all of these horrible things, he's orange, orange man bad, Cheeto Hitler, and again, Trump says so many things that I just roll my eyes about. There's so many positions that Trump has that I'm just diametrically opposed to, but. As far as when it comes between his his uh, his beef with the media, I take his side. I think the media is a bunch of liars. I think the media has been helping these giant corporations and politicians sell out our country. They 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 do whatever they can to to um, sell the infrastructure, sell out all the resources, sell out all the wealth of this country. They make themselves rich doing it, and the media has continued to tell us that you know the politicians and the giant corporations piss on us 
and the media tells us that it's raining and Trump was the first politician to stand up and be like, no, this isn't rain. This is piss. You guys are fake real news. About it. Yeah. Fake news. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was the one thing that I always did agree with him on <laughs> was you the remember, news was we were, fake news. We were, we would say, I was like, I was trying to get you on. I was like, I watched can't stump the Trump and naturally we don't like politicians, especially Republicans. And then, you know, Trump's saying this stuff. I'm like, man, I'm seeing this. And you go, I don't know, man. He's putting Jeff Sessions in. And I mean, like Jeff Sessions is talking about going after more cannabis locations. I mean, you're in Colorado. So, I mean, that's going to that would. I mean, it's not really a small business in Colorado, though, anymore. I think there's only like four owners of all the fucking grows now. Like when I went when I met you there and I went to that, it was like. Yeah, this isn't really uh, this isn't really a craft business here, um, but still, I mean, you know, people it, cracking down on and it, not all states are the same, and it's just like cracking down on cannabis operations and all that stupid shit. It was just like, okay, this looks like the same thing, and honestly, man, like Trump really did hire a lot of shitty people. Like he surrounded himself with a lot of establishment. Shitty people. I was always cool when he fired him. Like, that was funny. But, like, to me, it's been... Um, I was telling a chef this earlier. Like, I was starting to take on the pro wrestling lens of politics with Trump. Because I was like, dude, I always rooted for the heel when I liked pro wrestling in the 90s. Like, because the heel, like... Eric Bischoff has this awesome... Uh, he has this awesome TEDx talk. And he, he seriously just starts trashing on people as soon as he comes in. I don't know why you guys are laughing. I mean, I think this venue is is ugly. I understand why you people would want to come to this thing like this. Like, this is such a waste of time. And he's just, like, getting people mad. And then he stops and he says, Now, did you see how, like, at first you started to like me and then I made you hate me? He's like, there's something powerful about making somebody hate you. And I think Trump has that in him, too. Like, Trump was in the media for, I mean, for a long time. I mean, he's been it's since the 70s. People, people have been talking about who he's, who he's banging and what is Donald Trump doing. Like, people used to love him. I, used to, I, I remember when he was on The Apprentice and everyone talked about him. I was like, what a douchebag. And then yeah. it, it was like, oh, he's trying to patent the term, you're fired. I'm like, what an even bigger douchebag. Like, people have been saying you're fired for a long fucking time. Like, it was a joke, like a gag, like, and, and a lot of different stuff. I mean, not, it was kind of like a dad joke humor, I would say. And then, um, and then I don't know, man, when he started, like, it, going through the debates, so I actually started watching him in the debates and just clowning all these establishment Republicans. I was like, man, I can get behind a guy like this. This shit's super entertaining. Like, they don't know what to do because he's not playing by their stupid rules. And then it's like, but at the same time, he could have done a lot more things. Like he could have pushed for legalization. He could have pardoned Snowden. He could have pardoned, even though I think Snowden's kind of controlled ops. He could have pardoned uh, uh, Assange. He could have pardoned the, the guy from Silk Road whose name I can't ever remember. I mean, he could have done a lot of stuff to like win over people from the left that like, you know, the Glenn Greenwalds of the world or the Jimmy Doors of the world. But he, he still kind of like danced on that 
I mean, for some reason, Christians really like him. I have no idea why. Um, I mean, I like him because I think he's kind of a degenerate. And I'm kind of a degenerate. So I can identify. Like, I'm like a well-kept degenerate. And I think, like... (laughs) Like I, I, you know, I keep my degeneracy in check, uh, but it's still there. Like people might meet me. Like I remember growing up, you know, before I started smoking, when I first started telling my friends, because I, I didn't, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't have sex till I was 21, right? And then so then when I started doing all this stuff, people would ask me if I was a cop because they knew I was in church and I was in youth group and stuff. And then I started to get out, and people were like, "Hey, Drew, are you a cop?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, dude," but. Anyways, I digress. Sorry, Nathan. But I think it's so I think like the the whole appeal to him was he was like punk rock in politics. He was so different. He was so anti-establishment. But then he still got like the backing of people that supported the establishment and didn't realize how much they hated like the establishment hated them. Um, And even like when I go and talk to like my family in Kentucky, people be like, well, I don't really like him. Like, I think he's kind of an asshole because he's a New Yorker, but I like what he's doing for the country. Like, I like that he's focusing on the country itself versus. So, you know, but I don't know, man. I don't I don't know about all that. I, I liked more. I did like certain things I did. I mean, I used I think we, we would even talk about how China wasn't a big threat and like their economy's falling apart and all this stuff. But now, like hindsight like now we're looking and now we see like how deep they actually were in the country and how they've been influencing our universities i was like man i was i was wrong do you remember us having a conversation about that back on live free fm back in the day yeah and i mean we have like what 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 is it the thousand talents program where they were where they were buying off professors and uh getting buying access to patents and buying access to all kinds of crazy stuff um I guess we just didn't see it back then. I, I mean, it's, still, I've always been, I, I still think their economy, I mean, I think that they could lose control too over there, man. I mean, they got billions of people. If they do the wrong thing, you never know. I mean, if something breaks and then they start just, if their people start uprising, like they, it really is. I think they really are in a house of cards, but if they can knock us out and they're the top dog, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, we're a house of cards. Their economy is even more uh, of a shell game than our economy is. If you, it, I mean, that's hard to believe, but their economy is even more um, <laughs> held together by toothpicks and cobwebs more so than ours is. So, I mean, I think they have a, a very, uh, very possible chance of having their entire economic co- system collapse just as easily as ours. Um, the one thing though that I will say is as far as like on a global a global uh type outlook I think that at a global level the leaders of the world would rather have the Chinese economic and political and social um model exported to all the other countries. America sucks for yeah. people that are tyrants and and dictators. They would they hate the ideas of freedom and individual liberty and freedom of speech. Uh, Individualism. Yeah. And I think even our own politicians hate it because it makes their jobs so much more difficult. They got to be looking at like 
other countries like China and Germany and all these countries where um, like third world countries where they're used to dictatorships. Our politicians got to look at that and be like, man, if only we could make our people act the same way that those people act, if only we could get away with the stuff that those politicians get away with. So I think as a whole, I, I honestly think that the China model is what they want the entire global model to be. And America kind of stands in the way of that. And for the last 40 years or so, we've been slowly moving towards it. And over the last 10 years, people have started to put their foot down and say, no, we don't want to go this way. A lot uh, as they tighten the fist, more and more people start squeezing through the cracks, more and more people start saying, Hey, what the heck is going on? And again, like I said, I don't think Donald Trump caused this. I think Donald Trump was a reaction. I think Donald Trump was a brick to the um, establishment. What's that? He was the brick thrown through the establishment. Yeah. And it was us that threw the brick, not me, because I didn't vote for him the first time, but people, everyday people that were sick of watching what was happening happen. And so just by getting rid of him, uh, whether the election was legitimate or not, by him getting voted out, that's not going to change anything. Uh, by censoring people and shutting down all these different media, out, uh, alternative media outlets, it's not going to change anything. The cat's out of the bag. People, the American spirit is too ingrained in a lot of the population. There's a lot of people that have been brainwashed out of it, but there's a lot of people that just will never, generationally, will never accept um, the, the, the more um, collectivist, totalitarian, authoritarian model that a lot of like the SJWs and the far leftists seem to embrace. There's a lot of people that won't ever accept that. And... I don't think that the Republicans necessarily are actually are an actual um, pushback against it. But I think that the and I don't even know if I think Trump was an actual pushback against it. But the people that supported Trump definitely were a pushback against it. And I don't see that going away. In fact, I only see it getting bigger than the the more the the Streisand effect where they, the more they try to hide something or conceal something, the more popular it becomes. That's that's kind of what I see happening with whatever it was that Trump kind of embodied. Um, it's not going to disappear with him. I think it's just going to keep getting bigger. And I don't know what that means. I want to turn it back to what you originally said, though, that you wanted to talk about, which was some word that I've never heard of before. So there's been, you know, the, you know, just getting back to the administration of conspiracy that created millions of new conspiracy theorists. And, you know, some guy that we both like, Adam Curry, I feel like I really have become like a conspiracy therapist. Because um, one thing, like my, my girlfriend, man, the thing I loved about her most was like, I mean, besides that I'm super attracted to her, you know what I mean? Was that like, I was like, oh, she's all into these conspiracies. I've never heard about any of this shit. Like, this is interesting. So we look, but she actually just naturally thinks. Like, she'll get all excited. Oh, I figured it out. And it's like, okay, what? What is it? She'll have like, they're doing this to do this. And like sometimes I'm like, yeah, that's true. I that is that's true. You should look into that. I can confirm that. I've looked into that before. And so it's kind of like 
I think there's more people that are waking up like that. I think there are more people because she was like big into Obama and all that shit. And then um, I, I, I got her first into the Hoteps and then, <laughs> oh, actually Mo Fax and the Hoteps and that kind of helped because like that's kind of like that was my, you know, my, you know, my for people that don't know, most of my business mentors were uh, is, is a guy I'm going to get on the show too, my good friend Greg Baldwin. And Greg uh, is a brilliant man, but Greg also like was the guy that introduced me to, you know, America, freedom to fascism and just different stuff. And so like having real conversations with an adult that like is of another race to you, it's like it, it does like kind of it's like, oh, shit, like I never thought about it that way. And it's just it is just a difference of like even region can do the same thing. You know what I mean? But race, like somebody from your region that's of a different race and they can actually tell you their experiences. And it's also, too, somebody that's not trying to get sympathy, which I think is the big, the most important thing. Um, because I think there's easy, like we're all, like me and Nathan could bitch and moan about all the hard, you know, you know, I could, I could complain for an hour about all the bullshit I had to deal with with my business this year and how hard it was just being a, small business person and you know what i mean but nobody wants to hear that shit like you you can't make excuses you just have to say well yeah this happened so this is what i did so this i was moving this way and now i have to move this way and i think you know so i learning from that like when you listen to people like mofax and the hotefs or the nathan frazier's man i think nathan was like the thing that i really liked about you was because i look at you and you look you know, a lot like you look like you could be my relative and your last name's Frazier. So I was like, okay, so he's in that. And then you're like, yeah, my dad was Mexican. He worked for the cartel. I, I grew up Mexican. And that's the thing that like, I always like to hear because like you grew up as a Mexican, like, you know what I mean? You didn't really grow up as a white guy because culturally you were very different. And I think it, so I always like to go back to culture and, and think about it that way. Um, so but to get into the Nasera stuff and the just the, the the conspiracies and now that like there's good sources out there to kind of calm yourself is what I'm trying to say. But so I've been diving deep in Telegram and I've been doing this and I feel like I also have to say this podcast since there's a purge coming to Telegram from the look of it. Like that's where they're, the SJWs, the noodle guns are locked and loaded onto Telegram and uh you know, so doing these deep dives, you can see that QAnon is this bit is one conspiracy that is being kind of clumped in with a bunch of other conspiracies. There's so many different conspiracies in in on the right, and some of them are really entertaining. Some are just really fucking annoying. Like there there is a bunch of new Nazis that are popping up. They're not the same kind of Nazis. It's very different, but they're also a minority right so then when you go into that and then you go into different pockets here you actually hear because when people say trump's a nazi it's like no this is what nazis think these nazis don't like donald trump because donald trump is doing pro-israel things nazis don't like jews obviously so if donald trump was a nazi why would he call the capital of israel jerusalem why would he say jerusalem's in israel that is not something a Nazi would do. And I think so. It's like these are what the Nazis would say. So it's like 
I think too because I'm I'm kind of an autist. I think so. I wanted to actually know what these people had to say. And uh, I'm sorry, Nathan, if I'm rambling. But well, how, how do you spell? Because uh, I've looked up. I tried to find what it was. Nisera. Oh, Nisera. It's N E S A R A. I think or E R A. It's Nisera Gasera. And so sorry if I'm rambling, man. Let me please jump in if I start to get bored. Well, well what is Nisera Gasera? It's N E S A R A. Maybe let me pull it. No, it's maybe N E S A R A G E S A R A. Okay. So, so those acts, that is one conspiracy. So that is something that I think is attached to this whole like DIA from my understanding of it. So like Michael Flynn was taken down because he was head of the DIA and he was looking into the CIA and the FBI because there was a lot of corruption going on there and they didn't like it. So they, they railroaded him. He had to sell his house. They said they were going to arrest his son if not. And then Sidney Powell stepped in and was trying to get him off. And she she actually did wasn't successful. So Trump finally pardoned him. So that's why when you see these guys like Michael Flynn and stuff, this ex decorated general that um, he is. So Sidney Powell, another thing is it's also said that Sidney Powell is a military attorney. So I can't necessarily confirm this, but it says Sidney Powell is a military attorney so she can serve within tribunals. And so she becomes this other character that starts popping out. So I'm aware of these things before all this stops, po starts popping off. So what Nasera apparently was, and you have it in front of you, it was this act to basically kill the Federal Reserve from the looks of it. So it's going to cut out all the bankers. And the last president to kill the Federal Reserve was Andrew Jackson, who was also wrongfully just attacked by the left they call him the biggest racist i mean look the trail of tears was no great thing but if you actually look what was going on at the time of the cherokee they probably could have found a better solution and i guess like andrew jackson even tried to raise a native american kid and he he ended up dying um and so like and who knows I mean, he was probably shitty to the kid i'm sure andrew jackson was a horrible yeah. drunk like he dying like, in a blood sacrifice to Dude, the I, owl god there's apparently a story too about andrew jackson where like in that duel you know what we're taught in school he shot the guy in the heart apparently he shot the guy in the dick and had him bleed to death that was like a rumor too and like that was the type of guy andrew jackson was so so, that, so real quick yeah real quick sorry nasera nasera stands for national economic security reform act yes so and so what this act is supposed to do, it's supposed to make all of our mortgages go to zero. It's supposed to do all these wonderful things that, again, I think sounds wonderful. And I would love for us to reset and be a republic. And I would love and, and they're also saying it's going to it would bankrupt China. It would do. I mean, but the weird thing is, is that like kind of people that would be involved in an operation this are saying that it's going on it could be some big larp it could be some counter some counter coup to a coup but essentially what they're banking on now is a military coup to step in and we're already in martial law so they're supposed to go into martial law then there's going to be blackouts blackouts have been going on it's been snowing in weird weird parts of the country like austin and mississippi but not in Ohio. Have you guys been getting a lot of snow? We've gotten general out 
average snow for the year, yeah. Okay. You're in Colorado, right? But you guys got yeah. snow like way early. I've been to Wyoming. It's fucking cold there, man. But anyway, so there's all these blackouts. So supposedly they're going to go in and they're going to arrest um, all these high-end politicians. And then these politicians are there. And so in Telegram, there's people that keep saying, trust the plan. And then they make fun of them. And then the same person will post this and say, see, it's going to happen. So it's like... Also, you have to know when you go into these groups or these places to chat, guaranteed there's false information being fed to them. There's there's all you know what I mean? Like to think that the intelligentsia of this country is not aware of this. But Steve Pachenik is saying that. No, there's people from everybody's involved from all organizations. It's, it's the good people in the organizations teaming up, trying to throw a coup of all the corruption, which would be great. It really would. Um, it would suck if I get audited. No, I'm just kidding. But the IRS also is saying they're going to audit small businesses, which pisses me off because, yeah, that's what you guys need to do is audit us after our PPP loans. So, yeah. but anyway. So I'm going to jump gonna in, please. Give a little bit of pushback yes. because most of the people that I know that are like, and, and not all, definitely not all, but a lot of the people that I know that are deep into the Q, Anon conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. They're older and they're newer conspiracy theorists. Yeah, and they haven't been they haven't been fooled as many times to where they have that kind of heightened skepticism. Also, uh, some of them are just uh, high functioning autists. Maybe yeah, is the yeah, best word yeah. for them. I mean, my one buddy who he would tell me about Q, and it was something totally different. But like the Nasera thing has kind of been within the Q realm, but there's different apparently Q conspiracies because I'm sure there's multiple people pretending to be Q. Supposedly, who is it, that guy that works in the Pentagon now? Like, that was the thought of who it actually was because it was somebody from government intel. They would know, they were right about a lot of things. Um, and there was weird things like at Trump press conferences, there'd be a baby with all these Qs and he points at it and shit like that, which could just be him smartly trying to get voters you know what i mean so i i don't know man i mean donald trump could easily just sell out the fucking country go start a news network his grift is back on i got a text again saying that oh my opportunity for membership is still available <laughs> i mean he's yeah. been his 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 campaign has been getting funds the whole time this whole time i mean just flossing people man and yes, I, I, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about it just because I'm so jaded from all of the stuff over. I've been into yeah. conspiracy theory since the, the late nineties. Yeah. And I started a little bit out. after you, I started a little, I started in, uh, like mid two thousands. Yeah. Some so of them pan out too. Some of them pan out. Some of them are just ridiculous. A lot of the QAnon stuff, it's the same way. Some of it seems to pan out. A lot of it just seems ridiculous. I've been being told thousands of sealed indictments for years now. I've been being told uh, 10 days of darkness for almost a year now, and it still hasn't happened. Can we talk about Alex Jones? Sure. Okay, so I like I like Alex Jones. I think he's hilarious. And <laughs> I think that I love him. I would love to meet him. I loved Michael Malice's interactions with him. If you would want to see, like, I would interact with Alex Jones the same way Michael Malice did. 
I'd get really, if he started to like me, he'd want to talk over me. It would fucking annoy the shit out of me, just like it did Michael Malice. But, like, you know, Alex, like, he definitely has government intel. He definitely is in touch with people from the government. He definitely has handlers. And that's how he's getting intel. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But he is connected. He had family members that worked in the CIA, just like Adam Curry. Adam Curry has family members that worked in the CIA. So, I mean, it's just like, that's something you have to be aware of. I like Adam Curry. I don't think he's, he's like pretty pissed off right now. Like we listen to No Agenda. He's pretty pissed off because he's had years of military intel that have fed him very accurate information. And now they're pushing this. And so, and it's the same thing with Alex Jones. Alex Jones was super pushing back on Pachenik. He's like, Steve, it's seven days left. And he's like, you know, uh, but Steve Pachenik, dude, is just so cool. And he said, listen, if I'm wrong, you never have to talk to me again. If I'm right, you can pay me to be a regular contributor on the show. He's like, I'll pay $200,000 a year, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like he's saying this. And then one of the contacts of, like, No Agenda, and I've been listening to that show, and that dude's been right a whole time, a, a ton. Agent Orange, he's pushing this. So I'm just like. We're at the verge of a civil war. Shit could really start going down. Yeah. I mean, definitely, it feels different now than yes. it ever has. Yes. It feels very different. It feels... And it's it's scary because I never give a fuck, and I, I've never had to filter myself more than this year. I've had to filter myself so much. And I was even looking at, like, on Facebook, like, after Trump won, there I found screen caps of me making fun of people because they're like, he's in office, he's going to gather, because you remember, like, all these black people thought Trump was going to come around and just put him in jail. <laughs> like, it was, it was horrifying to them, man. Like, my friend, she's awesome, man. And I agree with this woman on so many things. Like, she's not taking vaccines, dude. Vaccines is something that could really unite the right and left. Because nobody wants to take them. And there's the mainstream people that were pushing it. But Donald Trump effectively helped people look more into vaccines. Because he's, uh, he's been the best vaccine salesman since fucking COVID started, dude. He's been pushing vaccines. We're going there. And I justified it. And then I was like, I need to talk to my, my old... I need to reconnect with my anarchist friends, right? My buddy John Kruger, he's like... I fucking hate that shit, dude. I'm like, I do too, but I enjoy the whole show. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I've, <laughs> I've enjoyed the whole Trump show. I enjoy, I enjoy people getting upset about Donald Trump. I don't know why I enjoy it. Cause it's like, you guys aren't listening. You're not even paying attention to what he's doing. You watch, you hear what he says and you find him repulsive. And I got over that. And I, that was me when I was a child. So, um, but yeah, so can you read what Nasera says it will do? Because I don't have it pulled up on my computer. Do you have uh, it? I've looked. I've just, just as we it. were talking, I looked at a couple different things. It basically says that it does away with the Federal Reserve, the IRS, and the shadow government and more. Um, again, here's, here's my skepticism. I'm all on board for it, but when it comes specifically to Trump, uh, the way that he pushed the vaccine, this the the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine, 
I don't think that they're safe enough. I don't think they've been tested enough to be uh, mass distributed, but the way that he's pushed them, maybe it's for his own ego. He wants to be known as the president that delivered the cure. Well, I don't know what, I don't know what it is that, that made him so gung ho about the vaccines. Um, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I am skeptical about certain vaccines because I've seen people that have had bad reactions to vaccines. I've also seen people that have no, I mean, I've taken vaccines and I haven't had problems, but I've seen people that have had major problems from them. And I got scared on a PBS special about meningitis and people were getting it in college and people were losing limbs. So I'm like, I need to get vaccinated for this, man. I remember doing that. Are you even familiar with this thing? It was this weird thing. You can look it up. It's something meningitis, and it it, it it was horrifying. So I went and got vaccinated. I got a tetanus shot a few years ago, and I felt so fucking stupid for doing it because nah. like, it, my arm hurt so bad. And then I got a rust cut, and I was like, oh, thank God I got it. Like soap and water wouldn't fix the problem, but oh, the tetanus <laughs> shot. <laughs> so – that makes me question also just this this last week where they had the um the uh, january 6th when they had the everybody show up to the capitol i thought that that was really bad optics and usually trump is the guy that slips on a banana peel and does a backflip and lands on his feet that time i don't think that he did even though his did approval you, is you actually the up. capital storming yeah the capital storming even though his his approval is actually up since then um but just this last this last couple of months of watching oh this is the evidence that's going to prove the election was rigged oh this is the evidence this is the now we've got hackers that are going to testify now we've got video now we've got people with uh affidavits now we've got and and to watch every single attempt go up to the highest court that it can go to all the way up to the Supreme court in some cases and just get swatted away like flies without any, you know, disregard whatsoever. That was crazy. Uh, it makes me question that thousands he's going to build up something off. Thousands huh? of affidavits, thousands of signed affidavits, uh, plenty of court cases saying you shouldn't be doing this. I mean, they wouldn't even show the machines. They didn't get access to the voting machines. Uh, the they voting had- the voting machines were sending information to other countries. Yeah, they, they had uh, demands from the higher higher courts to produce the voting machines. And the states and the counties just said, no, nah, we're not going to give you what you ask for, even even though you've got court orders. So to see how how little power he had to defend his position over the last couple of months uh, what makes about, what me about this, skeptical. How about, how about governors through COVID that the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania ruled the governor was overstepping its jurisdiction? Shouldn't that governor be in jail? No, they just keep doing it. Dude, it's it's cra- at least in like I'm kind of excited about Ohio. Like we're trying to impeach uh, Mike DeWine. We're trying to um, we're trying to get his uh, emergency powers taken away from him. But hey. Donald Trump signed all this bullshit into effect, too. So for anybody that's like Trump's going to save us from the lockdown, he's the one that caught us into it. And he had plenty of time. He could have overstepped his boundaries and gotten us out of it. But I'm kind of glad he didn't do that. It's up to the fucking people, man. Yeah. And and I guess that's kind of like my main whole take on all of it is Trump was just a 
embodiment of a spirit that's going across this country right now. And the mainstream media and the people that have been running shit for 200 years and the people that are financially entrenched in global politics and global corporatism, they're terrified and they're doing everything they can to demonize that spirit, but that spirit's growing and the amount that it's grown just in the last four years is amazing. And I don't think it's going to stop. Even, even if Trump does lose and Joe Biden is the president for the next year and a half until they replace him with Kamala Harris. um, It doesn't matter that that spirit, that rebellious American spirit is not going anywhere. And I think it may have been emboldened with Trump in office, but I think that it's also going to be, uh, that's just who we are. We're the, when we like to root for the underdogs and if Trump does lose, which it looks like, in my opinion, it looks like he already has. Um, yeah. All that's going to do is embolden that rooting for the underdog, uh, combined with that rebellious spirit. And I don't see this movement of people pushing back against the establishment elite uh, corporate media and corporate politicians. I don't see it going anywhere. I see it just continuing to go down the path that it's going, which is them losing more power and the average person uh, more and more of them waking up to what's been going on while they were asleep. Yeah. I agree, man. I think, uh, do you think Bitcoin's going to collapse again? Or do you think, because that was weird at the beginning of 2020 when it backed down to $3,500 and now it's back up to 40000 And I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I got it's into, not going away, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I got into Bitcoin when it was $12. So I don't think the way you view collapse is what I view as no, I didn't It had to go back yeah, to $11 yeah. for me to see it as collapsing. I wish I would have. I wish I would have fucking I I've sat on Bitcoin for so long. I'm such an idiot about it. Like I think I, I was one of the ones telling you to get in on it when it was like twelve bucks. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, and then I was like, oh, I don't know, man. And then like I could have mined it and I didn't. And I was eh. skeptical of it. And then uh I don't know. I think I think crypto's here to stay. Crypto I think is definitely I mean I think all this uncertainty is going to drive a lot of people to crypto. So I think it's still going to go up. Is Bitcoin going to be worth anything during 10 days of darkness? <laughs> <laughs> so the 10 days of darkness could also be metaphoric. I mean, that's the thing. Get food, get this. I mean, the stores, I mean, who knows? What's, I mean, the people are pretty stocked up already, I think, in Ohio. I mean, people know I have beef. People are about to buy some beef. I think they're just worried about pulling the trigger. Um, but that's going to happen. I mean, that's why I got in the beef business was, you know, if you can control the food, I mean, man, I can help a lot of people getting good nutrients in their bodies with microgreens and grass-fed, grass-finished beef. You know what I mean? So I think it's, you know, if if you see this stuff in the world, you really need to try to do something to help people. And, you know, people are going to fail. People might buy my beef and hate it. Or they're, I mean... I don't know. I'd, I'd give them samples first. So, but you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think, you know, looking at the world and looking like, w regardless of what happens with Donald Trump, he was never going to fucking save you. Like, regardless of what happens with this Nasera Act, it's not going to fucking save you. It's going to give you a lot of opportunity 
to to do something with your life and for a lot of people man either way i mean we're getting a lot more free money coming there's gonna be a lot more overdoses man um yeah oh, unfortunately cool. sorry man i was i was ready to talk to you for like two hours and turn it into two shows <laughs> um yeah i gotta i gotta call it quits pretty soon oh shit man i'm sorry man um i was just having fun talking to you nathan so hopefully i didn't uh i didn't fucking uh drone on too long but uh yeah man uh but i think you know people just need to be ready to take responsibility for themselves either way and do something positive about it like i think at worst case this nasera stuff has been incredibly entertaining see i'm I'm uh, slow on the ball on this one because I didn't even hear about this until about uh, about an hour before we started the call. You hit me up and you're like, hey, what do you think about this? I was like, I don't think anything about this. It's different, man, but we'll see. I mean, if a lot of people go to jail, man, isn't that going to be exciting? And yeah, then, it would be exciting. But, I, you know, man, that's I thought the Capitol building was exciting. I thought it was exciting. I thought it was interesting to see. I thought it was you know, people see how people reacted to it. People are trying to make it seem like we're supposed to condemn these people. Like they're not the first person to go in the Capitol building. Like you can look it up. There was black Panthers that went in with machine guns and none of them got killed. There was, there was like a feminist group that just bombed it. One of uh, them started black lives matter or tried to bomb it. Well, that was a long time ago. I was just talking, I'm just talking about like 2017. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was a feminist group that stormed the Capitol building and building. occupied okay. Nancy Pelosi's office. And they're just not like, scary. Do you see that? Huh? Trump supporters are scary. Women in pussy hats aren't scary. They're not really uh, going to do anything. They're like, oh, we can control these people. They didn't think that with the Trump supporters. They were horrified and they threw them all off the Internet and they're trying to eliminate them. Yeah, we're just going to have to see where that goes then. If let's finish positive, I know you got to go, man. I'm sorry. How can people okay. how can people find you, man? Sorry, I've been uh, droning on. I got a little high. I'll just put it out there. No, we're good. Um, the best place to find me is my website, copyandfunnels.com. Uh, you can also check out my podcast that I do every week right now, called The Dark Arts of Marketing, and you can find that at the the damnpodcast.com. That's T H E D A M podcast.com awesome man everyone thanks for tuning in